Awesome. Who's going to do their goals this year? Who, didn't, who hasn't done them in the past? <laughs> you know, as I never put my hand down? Yeah. Um, what, what, what are some goals? What you got? What you do? What you, what you, what you, uh, save money. Hey, that's good. That's really good. Yeah. Who else? Who's got goals this year? Who's just getting married? Let me see. No, okay. Uh, <laughs> wow, Clayton, you just raised your hand. Okay, girls, watch out. Um, what else? What else? What are, what are some other goals? Got any goals? Anybody? Yeah, what you got? Be a writer. I like that. That's awesome. Hey, what's your, can, we, can you tell us your name for your, um, of you being a writer? Tessa Gray. Tessa Gray. Look for her. New York Times bestseller. Um, okay, uh, uh, what you got? Awesome. Good. Are you going to volunteer in a shelter or something? Super cool. Good for you. Look, um, New Year's resolutions are garbage. They don't work. Statistically, it's been proven. They just don't work. That's why we set goals. And when you set a goal, you say, how do I achieve that goal? And you give yourself some action steps. We've talked about that here in the quarry before. So I believe if you put action steps to it, if you just make it real vague, remember, be specific. But if you make it real vague and say, oh, I'll probably, I'll probably do this thing, you probably won't. Let's just be honest. Um, set a goal and put some action steps on how you're actually going to get there. My goal is I've actually never read the Bible front to back. Oh, funny if I just would have left that. I've never read the Bible. <laughs> I've never read the Bible front to back. I've tried before, but I've not been successful. This is my year, 2020, reading it front to back, getting so much revelation knowledge from the Old Testament. I'm in there now. It's just like, yeah, okay, just grinding through this thing. No, it's been good. Um, the cool thing is about it is like I'm, I'm learning lots of things that most of all you already know because you grew up in this church and you've literally had a Bible in front of your face for years. I didn't necessarily have all that. So like sometimes you guys are like, dude, you remember that story in the Bible where that assassin stuck the knife in the belly of the king and the knife disappeared? I'm just like, that happened? Like really? Where? No, but uh, I'm really excited to get through it um, uh, and, and learn a whole bunch and be super spiritual. So, um, so in 2020... Uh, for this series that we're doing, is it cheesy to say that we're seeing clearly? Yeah, it's cheesy. Hey, look, I, I, knew, I, was, I knew that was going to be a, a cheese ball joke. But look, we're looking at what's really important. And what we're covering tonight, we're, we're talking about reading your Bibles. Does anybody do that? One honest person. One said amen to, like, trick me into thinking they do. Uh, and so Somebody was honest and said no, no. Hey, that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the practical things that I, th me personally, think that we are lacking here at the quarry. Um, it is rare in my life group, uh, hanging out with people here at the quarry, it is rare if I hear someone even mention the B word, the Bible. It is rare. It is rare if someone, <laughs> hey, watch out, and I'll use the other one. It is rare if I hear anybody say anything about scripture. I could promote a few people in here tonight because there are a few that I hear quite regularly talk about uh, the Bible and talk about stuff they've been reading. And um, I don't need to point out names. I don't want anybody to be like, you didn't mention my name. Well, start reading the Bible and maybe I will. But um, <laughs> I commend you. If you're reading your Bible, keep doing it. If sometimes it's a grind, keep doing it. If you wake up in the morning like, I'm just doing this thing again, keep doing it. Trust me, you're going to be excited that you did it one day. Real, real quick, just to, I already alluded to it a little bit, but a little bit of background about um, my Bible reading time growing up, non-existent, um, grew up in a, a Christian home. I think my parents, I think they tried the best that they knew how to do. Um, I love them, and they're, they're great. Um, 
I had no desire to read the Bible. Didn't know why I needed to. It felt like a chore every single time. I did it out of guilt. My dad would say, what did you read? Uh, God, is, God is love. He's like, yes, God is love. That is right. That was my go-to because I knew I knew get, get him off my back. So um, I didn't grow up reading the Bible. Uh, went to a bunch of different churches here and there. But I never had a desire to read my Bible. I really, really got saved officially around 17. I got saved like 100 times when I was younger. But it didn't really mean a lot to me. But then uh, about age 19 when I joined the Army is when I, you know, when you sign up for something that could potentially put you in a grave. Everyone starts getting real religious all of a sudden. I was that statistic. I uh, got deployed, and I had never um, read my Bible as much as I had um, at that time, I was just always reading it, and uh, it, it was cool. I was able to uh, t- tell a lot of people about Jesus in that time, but um, I didn't grow up reading the Bible like you guys did, didn't. That's why I said there's a lot of you that know all these really cool stories in the Bible, and I'm like, I'm thinking like, yeah, yeah, I know where that's at. That's in the book of exceptions or first parentheses, maybe. I don't know. Uh, I always just pretend like, oh, yeah, that's a great story. What, the donkey talk? What are you talking about? So I'm, I'm happy that you guys are ahead of me, but I'm catching up. I'm hot on your heels. Watch out. No, it's just um, I'm really excited to be uh, talking about this topic tonight. It's something in my life that um, I was unfortunately behind in. So if you are a young person that has grown up in this church, and uh, if your mom and dad make you read the Bible at, at the house, you don't think it now, but be thankful for that. Be very thankful for that. Even go home and give them a hug tonight. Say, thank you for making me read my Bible. They're going to be like, what has got into you? Right? See, all the people that are laughing, they're like, yes, that's me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, so like, like I said, some of you are a lot farther ahead than I am. You just are. That's just the way it is. I didn't, gr- like I said, didn't grow up reading it. But um, I believe, see, since I know my Bible, I know that God says he can restore years. Because I know he said that in the Bible. And so I know that the time that I've lost, he can make up, whatever. Okay, so since I started, uh, since I've learned to start reading my Bible, a lot of, a lot of things from my life have improved. Um, I believe that I'm a better husband. I believe that I'm a better son to my uh, mom and my dad. That'll, son or a daughter, someone you better get reading. Um, I've began to understand my purpose. Anyone in here knows purpose is the thing that everyone in this room desires and wants to know, like right now, like yesterday, you want to know. I've began to get little glimpses of what my future is like, and it's really super exciting. And uh, that has cu- I've learned these things by reading my Bible. Uh, I've been get able to get clarity uh, for the direction uh, for my life and my family's life. So tonight we're going to look at a lot of scriptures because it wouldn't be fitting to talk about reading your Bible and then me have one or two scriptures. I could make it work, but I'm not going to do that tonight. We're going to look at a bunch of scriptures. So are you ready? Um, you going to write some stuff down if you have a notebook? Are you going to make sure 100% you bring them next week? Please do. You know there's someone standing at the uh, gates of heaven. And when you show notebook, please. Wow, you got like doodles. Okay, you can't come in. No, please write notes. Please write notes. Uh, I, love, uh, I love statistics. If you write it down, you'll remember it. There's a percentage. I don't remember what it is. I've heard it so many times. But if you write it down, you are so much more likely to, to remember or recall it. Okay, you ready for point number one tonight? The word shows us the way. Also, I wanted to thank my wife for helping me 
up here. She's excellent in what she does, and I really appreciate her. Uh, she's done a really good job with putting our scriptures and things up here. It's good to, uh, to bring our Bibles, and it's good to turn to the scriptures, even though we have them up here. It's good to develop that habit of turning to scriptures. But um, if you don't have a Bible tonight, that's totally fine. We can get you one if you need one, but uh, we're just going to look at some scriptures on the screen tonight. So the word shows us the way. And in Psalms 119, 105, it says, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. You know, if you're walking in this world, and you are, and it's dark because it is, if you don't have light shining on your path, if you don't have light to give you direction, you're going to go the wrong place. I think everyone in here wants to avoid all those years of going the wrong direction, right? You know, the only way that light comes, though, is by having the word of God in you, right? Does that make sense? It says, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. That's exactly what it's saying. You know, does anybody want to know your plan? Anybody want to know your future? Yeah, it's, it's something that um, every, it's, that's, the, that's the most uh, Googled question. What's my purpose? Why am I here? What is this whole thing about? You know, talking about reading the word, you know you're not going to find all the help you need from a podcast or a New York Times bestseller that Tessa Gray is going to write on self-help. <laughs> hey, look, those things are great. Those things are good. I listen to those almost every day and uh, read stuff constantly. But your Bible is what gives light. And your Bible, reading the Word of God, is what uh, shows you where you're supposed to go. Does that make sense? You know, people spend a lot of money uh, going to universities and colleges. Great. Um, if, if God calls you to it, college is great, and go to it if that's what you're supposed to do. But college, you can go there to university, and they'll, they, they will show you where they think your future is supposed to be. Get your answers, get your advice from the Word of God. Amen? You know, I was thinking about this, and this kind of ties in with when I was sharing a little bit about my testimony. Nice shoes, by the way, Isaac. Those are sweet. Where'd you get those? Uh, uh, yeah, okay. Um, those are cool. With what I shared about my testimony a little bit ago, um, take advantage of the time you have right now while you're young. You know, uh, I'm married and have kids, but a lot of us in here don't have that responsibility yet. And the more you add into your life, it seems like the less time you have to do other things. So while you're single, please take advantage of reading your Bible and getting that word in you. Does that make sense? Will you do that? You know, we don't, we don't want 10 years, 15 years, 20 years down the road for people to look back and think that we were a Bible illiterate generation, do we? We want people to be like, they knew their Bible, they knew their word. Does that make sense? Let's look at this next one, talking about what the word is. The word is still relevant. <laughs> it's still relevant. We're just going to look at a portion of this scripture in John. It says, in the beginning... The word already existed. We don't have to go any farther than that. So it's saying that this Bible that we hold, it may not have been in this paper form just yet, but the word of God has been around as long as anything. Just as long as anything you can think of. It's been around since the beginning of time. And, some, and Pastor Jordan's talked about this in uh, a Redig the Well series lately, but the word of God has stood the test of time, and every time it wins. 
every single time. It stands up against uh, man-made ideas. It stands up against uh, your friend's opinion of who they think God is, right? Anybody have some friends that have opinions of what they think God is, right? I have a lot of that. It stands up to your crazy uncle's interpretation of the Bible. That'll fade. Let's look at Isaiah 48. It says, the grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our God stands forever. We're talking about the word is still relevant. You know, people say, hey, man, just, just live your life. Live your truth. Has anybody ever heard that? Live your truth. Like, when someone says that, like, I want to smack them, but then I will also shake their hand and say, that's good advice. Like, living your truth is, <laughs> what they mean is, whatever you feel, however you see fit to live your life, do that. And if everybody does that, this world would be such a great place. That is a load of bull. That is the biggest lie. Because, hey, what if you, what if you think it's okay to lie, cheat, steal, murder people? That's your truth, so that must be okay. See how that doesn't make, like, any sense, like, at all, and it's some of the worst advice? Oh, people think they're so hot when they're doing it, like, oh, yeah, dude, just live your truth, man. Oh, you do you, and I won't judge you for it. Mm, it's garbage. It's, it's the worst advice. It's the worst advice. You know, nothing has held up to the changing of the times like the Bible has. You know, back in creation, when God created everything that we know, everything that we see, everything that we're still going to discover, when he spoke his words out, his words right now are out in the atmosphere all around us. They're in us, and they're sustaining everything that we know. All those years ago, whether you think it was millions or thousands or yesterday, all those years ago when, when the world was created, the words that he spoke are still out in the atmosphere carrying weight. I know that because birds fly. I can breathe. Um, uh, ladies can have babies. This creation power that he spoke out all that time ago is still working today. His word is still relevant. But you know what's not relevant? Mullets. What do you think I was going to say? They're not. Although I have heard that in Europe they're making a huge comeback. Uh, so if anybody, you know. Uh, the, the classic Karen haircut, not relevant anymore. <laughs> Thank God. You know, you still see a few, <laughs> few of those around. Like if you go to like Subway, you'll see like four Karens sitting in a corner. And they never look happy. They're just like, they always, always have the, because something's wrong. Like they put... Uh, one squirt too much of mayonnaise on their sandwich. Of course, mayonnaise, right? Uh, that's right. You can never have too much mayonnaise. Man, you're a man after my own heart. I love it. But the classic uh, Karen haircut. There used to be this thing uh, called a CD. Anybody ever heard of those? It's funny. I uh, was cleaning in my basement the other night and found all my good CDs from my childhood. And not 10th Avenue North. No, I'm talking like Reliant K. Uh, Hawk Nelson, all my most favorite. I found some Cutlass in there. Uh, all those those great bands, Skillet. I found all those. Um, but CDs, who's even heard of those now? That's like so, like not a thing. It's like people are like CDs. Is that like Apple Music? Like, do you just like click a button? It's like no, you have to have a case and like you open it and you like have to have be somewhere where there's a a disc drive and you. CDs are gone. They're not relevant anymore. Unfortunately, that makes me kind of sad. I did throw a whole bunch of CDs away. And I was like, there goes $15 and 30 and there's a lot of money in CDs. Um, you know, our opinions have changed. Our outlook on life has changed. Uh, the way people dress is always changing. 
You know, our culture, we've changed a million times over, but the word of God has never changed. It's always the same, always the same, and it never will. Look at this in Matthew 24, 35. It says, heaven and earth will disappear, but my words will never disappear. His word is eternal. His word is still relevant. I, I've, I heard, I won't say who it was because it embarrassed him. <laughs> There's this person who's like, I mean, like, yeah, like, yeah, we read the Bible, but, like, you can't believe everything in it. Yes, 100%, you can believe everything that's written in the Bible. God did not make a mistake. Not a single word in here is written in error. All of it applies to right here, right now. Sure, some culturally, culturally, some things have changed, but bring those things right now into 2020, and they work. Trust me. Trust me. All right, let's move on to this next one. Talking about what the Word does. The Word helps you live pure, and everyone said, yeah. Yes, that's a good response. I'm glad to hear that. Who wants to live pure? Anybody? Anybody excited to live pure? Awesome. Good. We need to. You need to. Look at this in Psalms 119.9. How can a young person stay pure? By obeying your word. I will tell you, by obeying the word of God. That's the way. That's the way. That's how, that's, how, that's how we stay pure, by obeying his word. You know, temptation is everywhere. It's in our fingertips all the time. And when I talk about this, I'm not just talking about sex and anything you can get in trouble on the Internet. But it's just about, like, having pure motives. Uh, when, when people talk about purity, it doesn't always have to do with uh, um, sexual things. It's, but that's kind of more specifically what I'm talking about. Look at this here. It says, don't fight thoughts with thoughts, but instead speak the word of God. Fighting thoughts with thoughts, one, doesn't work, two, will never work. It's never worked. Don't try it. What if uh, you're sitting around somewhere and you get tempted to do something and you're just like, uh, uh, let me think, uh, yesterday I did this thing and uh, tomorrow I'm going to go do this. What's my schedule look like? That won't work. Don't fight thoughts with thoughts. Fight thoughts with the word of God. Answer those things with the word of God. The Bible says resist the devil and he will flee. Not he might, not tomorrow he will. It says resist him and he will flee. He has to because God gave us something called authority. And when uh, we're tempted with something like that, all you have to say is say, devil, I'm feeling you right now and I don't want to. I resist you. Get out. He has to leave. He has to leave. You know, we get intimidated sometimes by him, but he is so afraid of us because when he looks at us, he sees Jesus and he's so afraid of us. So resist the devil and he'll, he'll flee from you. The Bible says run from sexual immorality. I don't know a whole lot of things in the Bible. As I'm going through the uh, Old Testament all the way through the New, I, I, maybe I'll find one. But I have not found a m- bunch of scriptures that say run from something. Run from sexual immorality. You know, you need to have this word inside you to combat the word of the enemy. I know you guys are like, okay, boomer, we get it. But, like, can you really live pure in 2020? You love how I, like, that's how I, I see you guys talking. Like, okay, boomer, we get it. No, I don't, I don't see you guys talk like that. I mean, there are a few, but <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely, 100%. You can live right now in 2020, you can live pure. Um, I'm not going to, again, uh, I'm not going to say a bunch of names, but there's a bunch of people in this room I know personally that are living dedicated to God, that are living consecrated to God, that are living holy lives, and that are doing their very best to live pure before God. And if you think they don't exist, I challenge come, come to me afterwards, and I'll tell you names, and you can go ask them. And you can say, hey, I've not been living pure. What do you do to live pure? 
And if you're a person that has trouble with that, ask somebody that you think might be living right. But if you've messed up, don't get into guilt and condemnation over it. Say, Lord, I repent and just move on. Right? Repent and move on. All right, you ready for this last one? The word teaches... I heard somebody say no. I'm sorry. They're like, no. Oh, it's all right, Destiny. You're my favorite. You can get away with it. Okay. The word teaches you who you are. Everyone's looking for identity. Everyone's looking for purpose. This Bible that we read, the word of God tells us who we are. Because when you know who you are, then you will know who you are not. Does that make sense? When you know who you are, then you'll know who you're not. Someone might say, hey, you ugly. <laughs> and so I'll just, use, I'll just use a girl. But a girl says, listen, Bible says I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Thank you. Don't know where you heard that from. How are you going to know the Bible says that about you if you haven't read it? Read your Bible. The Bible tells us who we are. What if someone said, no one cares about you, no one knows who you are? Well, <laughs> funny you say that. Uh, the Lord knows how many hairs I got on my head. And for me... I mean, I got a huge head, so I feel bad. He probably spent a lot of time counting on me. Real, uh, real quick, funny story. Uh, in the Army, stepped up to the counter in boot camp. I got like a buzzed head. I weigh like 100 pounds. I'm just like, look like this dweeb. And they're like, measure my head. And they have behind them, you know at the bowling alley have shoes on the rack? <laughs> they have helmets, like small, medium, large, and all this stuff. And they measure my head, and they're like, looking, <laughs> looking, like, we got to go to the back. They had to go all the way to the back. They came out with this bucket for me to put on my head. I was like, put it on. It's like down here. It's classic. I felt like a giant idiot. So, <laughs> uh, What if someone said, hey, you're just going to end up like the rest of your family, addicted? Hmm. Well, the Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And if you haven't seen lately, I got the spirit all over me. I got freedom all over me. So... Take that thing and get on out of here. What about generational curses? Oh, generational curses, follow your family. Well, they might follow my family, but they stop with me, okay? You got that? Thank you very much. I've heard that. People have said that about me. People have said that about my, my family. Yeah, there are some things, but the blood of Jesus is stronger than that stuff. Oh, my goodness, I'm about to start preaching. Okay. Whew. Everybody good? I felt the anointing on that one a little bit. Okay. First uh, Peter 2.9 says, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. I love it. That's, it teaches us, the, the word teaches us who we are. Uh, this is another quick story. In Africa, I just got back from Africa, Morgan was telling about. And uh, I went to the country of Nigeria, and then we stopped in a place called, a, town, uh, a city called Lagos. And uh, you know how we all kind of have inside jokes, guys? Uh, us guys have, like, funny inside jokes. Something they say is, know yourself. Know yourself, man. They said it all the time. So I was thinking, the word teaches us who you are. Like, if, uh, if one of the guys that was over there, he kept losing his phone. And he'd be like, know yourself, know your phone, man. Every time he lost it, know yourself. So I'm telling you tonight, know yourself, right? The word teaches you who you are, so know yourself. <laughs> the world will try to tell us who we are. Exactly. Don't believe it. See, you want to preach this message? I think you got it. Although I'm almost done. We could go another 30. All right, look, I'm going to close with these last four things. But here's a list um, just of what I thought. Just off the top of my head, like, what does the Bible say I am? Number one, I am loved. Say that. I am loved. Do you believe it? Say it again. Awesome. Yes, you are. You are loved. 
uh, there's a scripture called John 3.16. Don't know if you've ever heard it. I'm just going to read the first part. For this is how God loved the world. We can just stop right there. God loves us. This is knowing who we are. Number two, we are his. Say, I am his. It almost sounds like incorrect grammar. Almost. At least for my brain. Everybody's like, no, dude, you're just dumb. Um, <laughs> I am his. Listen, uh, 1 John 3, 1. See how very much our Father loves us, for he calls us his children. And that is what we are. But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know him. But it says here, we're his. It says, see how very much our Father loves us, for he calls us his children. Listen, I know sometimes that people come from broken families. Uh, and my family's that way a little bit. And it wasn't that way so much growing up. But as here in these uh, latter years, it's kind of gotten that way. And it's not been the most fun. But because I've read my Bible, because I've come to church, I know that I'm not alone. I know that I have a father who loves me very much. And so for some of you that come uh, from a broken home, I'm sorry that you have to go through that. But just know you're not forgotten about. Think, hey, I don't know where my dad is, but you have Father God, Father Dad. And he loves you so much. Number three, you are worthy. Say, I am worthy. Do you believe it? Say it again. I am worthy. Yes, you are. But you are not like that. For you are a chosen. Oh, sorry, this is out of 1 Peter 2.9. But you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You are a royal priest, a holy nation. Listen, God's very own possession. I think that's cool. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. So I am worthy. This, here's the last one, and I'll end on this. Um, purposed. That's who we are. We're purposed. And we taught, uh, we taught back... Um, Way back in like 2019, it seemed like forever ago. It's like so last year. <laughs> Don't you love it when people say, uh, hey, man, I haven't seen you since last year. <laughs> like the first day, they'll see you at a New Year's party and like 1201 hits. Like, I haven't seen you since last year. It's like, oh, my gosh, just stop with that. All these people are like, dude, I totally said that this year. <laughs> Sorry, it's just cheesy. Don't say it. Um, we're purposed. Listen, Jeremiah 29, 11, some of you know this scripture. It says, for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. I love that scripture. That scripture has helped me so many times before because, like I said, everyone is in search of why am I here? Who am I? Lord, what have you gifted me to do? What is my purpose? Right there. He says he's given us a bunch of different good things. Give you a future, a hope plans for good and not for disaster. So let's look at those last four here. This is who we are. We're loved, we're his, we're worthy, and we're purposed. Do you believe those things tonight? And if you only halfway believe them, are you going to keep saying these things till you believe them? Did you write them down? Good. It'll help you. Hey, that's all I have for tonight. Are you guys going to read your Bibles? Please?